Hello and welcome to Nigerian History Rookie. This podcast and YouTube channel is dedicated to sharing the stories and exploring the fascinating history of Nigeria. Nigeria has a rich ancient history that spans millennia. I cover it all from its ancient empires to its people and its eras. To join me on this journey as we explore the history of Nigeria, please follow and subscribe wherever you get me from for more content. A fun fact about Olado Ikweno is that he was one of the first authors to use African vernacular English in his writing, which was groundbreaking and a significant contribution to English literature. He was born in Ezeka, located in present-day southern Nigeria. At the time, the region was home to several ethnic groups, including the Igbo, who had a rich cultural and religious heritage. Ikwano's parents were members of the Igbo tribe, one of the largest and most influential ethnic groups in West Africa. They were likely farmers living off land in a traditional manner. Growing up in Ezeka, Ikwano would have been exposed to the customs and traditions of his people, including religious beliefs and practices, as well as social norms and cultural expectations. He would have learned the Igbo language and would have been educated in the local community. As a child, Ikwano was a happy and carefree boy, spending his days playing with other children and helping his parents with household chores. However, his childhood was abruptly disrupted when he was kidnapped by slave traders at the age of around 11. Along with his sister, he was taken far from his hometown and sold into slavery. Iguano's account of his early life was, is in his memoir, The Interesting Narrative of the Life of Olado Iguano, which details the traumatic experiences of being torn away from his family and community and the horrors of the transatlantic slave trade. Iguano's kidnapping was not an isolated incident in his village. He recounts an attempted kidnapping of children in his village, which was foiled by adults, suggesting that his people were familiar with the dangers posed by slave traders. The transatlantic slave trade was a system of human trafficking in which millions of Africans were forcibly taken from their homes and transported across the Atlantic Ocean. They were sold into slavery in America in the Americas and other parts of the Western world. This practice began in the 16th century and lasted until the 19th century, when it was eventually abolished in most countries. The demand for labor in the American colonies and Caribbean islands was high, and European colonizers saw the kidnapping of enslavement and enslavement of Africans as a lucrative solution to this problem. European traders established trade routes with African kingdoms, where they exchanged goods such as textiles and weapons for enslaved people. Many of these enslaved people were taken from villages and towns along the west coast of Africa, including modern-day countries such as Nigeria, Ghana, and Senegal. Ulada Iguano's journey across the Atlantic as a slave was traumatic. The slave ship conditions were brutal, and the enslaved Africans were packed tightly together in the ship's hold. The journey was known as the Middle Passage, and it was notorious for its high mortality rates due to disease, starvation, and suicide. Iguano described the slave ship's conditions as intolerable. The slaves were packed so tightly together that they could not even sleep. The air was thick with stench of human waste, and the heat was oppressive. Iguano wrote that the hold was so dark that he could not see anything around him.
Iguano and other slaves were subjected to daily beatings and abuse from crew members. They were given little food and water, and many of them died from starvation and dehydration. Iguano also witnessed several fellow slaves commit suicide overboard in despair. Iguano's journey across the Atlantic took him from Africa's west coast to the British colony of Virginia. Along the way, he was sold several times to different slave traders and endured the brutal conditions of a slave ship. He was transported with 244 other enslaved Africans across the Atlantic Ocean to the Barbados in the British West Indies. He and a few other slaves were sent on a for sale in the colony of Virginia. After several changes of ownership, Iguano found himself in the possession of Michael Henry Pascal, a lieutenant in the Royal Navy. Pascal was impressed by Iguano's intelligence and potential, and he gave the boy a new name, Gustavus Vasa, after the 16th century king of Sweden, Gustav Vasa. However, Iguano preferred, preferred to be called Jacob, his, origi his original name. He refused Pascal's new name, but the refusal only led to punishment including physical abuse. Iguano traveled with Pascal to England during the Seven Years' War, where he was trained in seamanship and served as Pascal's valet. He, he was expected to assist the crew during times of battle, holding gunpowder to the gun decks. Iguano provided eyewitness reports of the Siege of Lewisburg in 1758, the Battle of Lagos in 1759, and the capture of Belay Ile in 1761. Pascal sent Iquano to his sister-in-law in Great Britain so that he could attend school and learn to read and write. Iquano embraced Christianity and was baptized as St. Margaret's West Westminster in February 1759. He was listed as a black born in Carolina at 12 years old in the parish register. Iguano's godparents were Mary Gurin and, and her brother, Minard, who helped him learn English and showed interest in his well-being. Later, the Gurins testified to Iguano's lack of English prof proficiency when he first came to London. In December 1762, Pascal sold Iguano to Captain James Doran of Charming Sally at Gravesand, who transported him back to the Caribbean specifically to the Montserrat and the Leeward Islands. It was there that Iguano was sold to Robert King, an American Quaker merchant who was traded in the Caribbean. Quakers had a notorious history of being friendly and, and being slave abol ab ab abolitionists of slavery. King treated Iguano well and taught him various trading skills allowing Iguano to participate in the trade himself. Despite this, Iguano still longed for his freedom and continued to dream of escaping from slavery. After being sold to Robert King, Iguano found himself working on shipping routes in the stores. King recognized Iguano's intelligence and saw potential in him as a skilled trader. He taught Iguano how to read and write more fluently and also introduced him to Christianity. Iquano began to study religion and soon became a devout Christian. King's guidance helped him to become a successful trader, and he began to engage in profitable, 
quote trading for his own account as well as his own as his owner's behalf. Iguano's dream of freedom seemed to be within reach when King promised that he could buy his freedom for the sum of forty dollars, forty pounds, which was equivalent to five thousand eight hundred dollars in twenty twenty one. Iguano worked hard to save the money, trading goods between Georgia and the Caribbean islands. In seventeen sixty six, he finally achieved his dream and bought his freedom from King. Although King urged Iguano to stay on as a business partner, Iguano felt that remaining in the British colonies as a freedman was dangerous and limiting. His freedom did not necessarily mean safety, and he feared the possibility of being kidnapped back into enslavement. His fears were not unfounded, as he almost faced such a fate while loading a ship in Georgia. Despite the danger, Iguano did not give up on his dreams. He decided to travel to England where he began to see and believe that he could have more opportunities as a free man. In 1761, he left the Caribbeans and set sail for England. This decision was not an easy one, as he was leaving behind the only life he had ever known. But he was determined to make a new life for himself. Iguano's journey to England was not, a, was not without his challenges. He faced several setbacks, including being robbed of his money and belongings and experiencing harsh treatments from some crew members. However, he persevered and eventually arrived in England, where he began a new chapter in his life. Iquano's story is a powerful testament to the human spirit and the determination of, of one man to achieve his dream. Despite facing unimaginable hardships, he never gave up hope and continued to fight for his freedom. His legacy as a writer and a, an abolitionist continues to inspire people to this day, and his contributions to fight against slavery are immeasurable. Iguano decided to travel to Britain in search of new opportunities. He continued to work at sea, sometimes as a deckhand based in England. In 1773, he embarked on a voyage to the Arctic as part of, his, a part, as part of, his, of an expedition towards the North Pole on the Royal Navy ship HMS Racehorse. The voyage was led by Captain Constantine John Phipps and aimed to discover a northern passage to Asia. On this voyage, Iguana worked with Dr. Charles Irving, who had developed a process to distill seawater, which later made him a fortune. Iguana also kept a journal of his voyage, which he later used as a source for his book the interesting narrative of the life of Olado, Olado Iguano. Two years later, Ivring re re recruited Iguano for a project on the Mosquito Coast in Central America. He, was, he used his African background to help select slaves and manage them as laborers on, su on sugarcane plantations. Ivring and Iguano had a working relationship and friendship for more than a decade. Iquano even met with George, the Mosquito King's son, during the time on, his on the Mosquito Coast. However, the plantation venture ultimately failed, and Iquano left the Mosquito Coast in 1776. He arrived at Plymouth, England on, on January 7th of 1777 in Britain. 
Iguano became involved in the movement to abolish slavery and published his uh, autobiography, which became a bestseller and helped to further raise awareness about the horrors of the transatlantic slave trade. He also continued to work at sea, traveling to different parts of the world and engaging in various business ventures. After settling in London, Iguano began a Iguano became a prominent figure in the abolitionist movement. He joined the Society for Effecting the Abolition of the Slave Trade, a non-demonitional group dedicated to ending the slave trade and influencing Parliament. Iguano's involvement was significant as he brought a unique perspective as a former slave and he was quickly be became a viable asset to the cause. Iquano's interest in the abolitionist movement was sparked as early as 1783 when he was informed about the Garv about the former governorship Garvino Sharp about the slave trade. The same year, he was the first to tell Sharp about the Zong massacre, which which was being tried in London for insurance insurance claims. The Zong massacre was a notorious event in which 133 enslaved Africans were thrown overboard a slave ship slave ship to drown so that the ship's owners would connect, collect insurance money. The trial became a cause for the abolitionist movement and contributed to its growth. Iquano's involvement in the abolitionist movement was not, limited, was not limited to informing others about the atrocities of the slave trade. He also became a delegate for Africans in America and presented an address of thanks to the Quakers at a meeting in Grace Church Street, London, on October 21, 1785. The address referred to a caution of to Great Britain and her colonies by Anthony Besant, founder of the Society of, Re of for the Relief of Negroes of Free Negroes Unlawfully Held in Bondage. This speech was a significant moment for the abolitionist movement, and it was one of the first times that African voices were heard and recognized by the Quaker community. Iquado's most significant contribution to the abolitionist movement was his autobiography, The Interesting Narrative of the Life of Olado Iquano. He wrote and published the book with the help, with the help of philanthropic, uh, philanthropic abolitionists, um, abolitionists and religious benefactors who supported him financially. The book was a huge success and became a bestseller reaching a wide audience in Europe and America. It provided readers with a vivid and personal account of the horrors of slavery, highlighting the inhumane treatment of slaves and the need for abolition. Iguano's lectures and preparations for the book were also promoted by Selena Hastings, Countess of Huntingdon, who was a prominent figure and an abolitionist. Her support helped to spread Iguano's message even further and helped to build momentum for the abolitionist cause. Iguano's involvement in the abolitionist movement was significant and far-reaching. He brought a unique perspective to the cause as a former slave, and his contributions helped to raise awareness about the atrocities of the slave trade. Iguano's autobiography was a significant moment in the abolitionist movement providing readers with a personal and emotional account of slavery that helped to build support for abolition. Iquano's book, 
the interesting narrative of the life of Olado Aquano or Gustavos Vasa, the African, was a groundbreaking work that was not only chronicled that not only chronicled his life, but also exposed the brutal re- uh, reality of the transatlantic slave trade. The book became an instant bestseller, and and it grew as a f- and it grew as fuel for a growing for a growing anti-slavery movement. Iquano's story was unique in that he had a different experience of slavery compared to most slaves. He served his owners personally, went to sea, was taught to read and write, and worked in trading. His experiences of slavery, his journey to advancement, and experiences as a black immigrant caused a sensation on public on public um, publication. The book surprised many with the quality of its imagery, description, and literary style. Iguano's autobiography also gave details about his hometown and the laws and customs of the Iboy people. He described communities he passed through as a captive on his way to the coast after being captured as a boy. His biography detailed his voyage on a slave trip and the brutality of slavery in the colonies of the West Indies, Virginia, and Georgia. Iquano commented on the reduced rights that freed people of color had in these same places, and that they also faced risk of kidnapping and enslavement. In his account, Iquano also told stories of settling. In, in his account, Iquano also told of settling in London, where he married an English woman and lived with her in Soham, Cambridgeshire, where they had two daughters. He became a leading abolitionist in the 1780s, lecturing in numerous cities against the slave trade. Iquano's records, um, Iquano's record, re, Iquano records he, his and Garville Sharp's central roles in the anti-slave trade movement and their effort to pres- publicize the Song Massacre, which became which became known in 1783. Iquano's involvement in the resettlement of former slaves in Sierra Leone, in particular, was very noteworthy. Noteworthy, as a as a commissionary of provisions and stores for the black poor, going going on going to Sierra Leone, Leon, he was instrumental in organizing an expedition to resettle London's black poor in Freetown. This new British colony was founded on the west coast of Africa, in present-day Sierra Leone and was a place where former slaves could start anew. Iquano was able to leverage his connections and expertise to ensure the success of of this resettlement effort, which included more than 1,200 black loyalists who had chosen to leave Nova Scotia. In addition to his work on behalf of former slaves, Iquano was was also an active member of the abolitionist movement in London. He was a leading member of the Sons of Africa, a small abolitionist group composed of free Africans in London, and was closely allied with the Society of Abolition of Abolition of the Slave Trade. Iquano's writings and speeches helped to raise awareness of the atrocities of slavery and push for abolition. Iquano's later life was marked by his involvement in helping the Black Poor of London who were mostly former African-American slaves freed during and after the American Revolution by the British. 
He was appointed commissionary of provisions and stores for black people going to Sierra Leone in 1786 and helped resettle London's black poor in Freetown, Sierra Leone. In 1792, Iquano married Susanna Collin and the couple settled in Soham, Cambridgeshire, where they had two daughters. However, their happiness was short-lived as Susanna died in 1796, followed by their other daughter, Iquano, and Iquano himself in 1797. His younger daughter, Johanna Vasa, inherited his estate when she was 21, which was valued at 950 pounds. Johanna went on to marry a minister, the Reverend Henry Bromley, and they were both buried at the Abney Park Cemetery in Stock Newington, London. The legacy of Olado Iguano extends far beyond his own lifetime. In his will, he made provisions for his wealth to be used for the betterment of society, particularly in Africa. Iguano recognized the value of education and sought to use his resources to promote learning and development. If his daughters were to die before reaching the age of 21, Iguano bequeathed half of his wealth to the Sierra Leone Company to establish a school in Sierra Leone. This was a particularly important gesture, as Sierra Leone was a country with a significant population of a formerly slave people, many of whom had been transported from West and Central Africa. The establishment of a school would have provided these individuals with opportunities for education and upward mobility that they may have not had otherwise. The other half of Iquano's wealth was to be donated to the London Missionary Society, a group that established itself as a prominent force in the spread of Christianity and the prom promotion of social justice. Iquano likely saw this as a means of supporting the organization's efforts to bring religion and education to communities in, in need. Iquano's will highlights his commitment to social justice and education both of which were values he held dear throughout his life. His, he represents a desire to use his resources to create a more equitable society, particularly for those who had who experienced the horrors of enslavement. Olado Ikueno was a remarkable figure in Nigerian history who helped bring attention to the injustices of the slave trade. His memoir, The Interesting Narrative of the Life of Olado Ikueno, provided a powerful first-hand account on the horrors of slavery and helped to pave the way for abolitionist movements. Iquano's work also inspired future generations of activists to fight for human rights and equality. Iquano's contribution to Nigerian history and, and beyond cannot be overstated. His courageous stance against the injustices of slavery continues to inspire people around the world to fight for a better future. It has been a pleasure to explore the the diverse and fascinating history of Nigeria with you. Nigeria has, is a country with a rich cultural heritage and complex history that's been shaped by a variety of influences, from its pre-colonial empires to experience with the British, colonial, col with British colonization and its independent struggles. If you guys want to learn more about Nigerian history, feel free to click on my other videos. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and have good day.